You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, relationships, family, love, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I know I don't sound like myself, but it's me. Um, recently celebrated a birthday. Woo-hoo. Consequently lost my voice because apparently I did it right. So I'm uh, so excited to be here with you guys in my virtual living room. And I have an amazing special guest today who I've been looking forward to talking to and with for so long. And it's finally happening. So yay, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Minji. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like leverage my birthday for everything. It's just like I get to. things I like. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my special guest this week is my dear friend, drummer slash musician and extraordinary person. Side note, also the fiance of Priska from my Goody Two Boobs episode. Hey, Kim. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It's nice to uh, spend some time with you today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for making the trek out to like talk with me. You are a musician. You have many things to do. And your soul to dive into. Uh, you know, I'm a LA musician. I lie about half of the gigs I don't have or have. I'm sorry, and you know, we're all about transparency here on yeah. this uh, on this podcast. Let's get real. Yeah, let's. Can you introduce yourself? Like, how would you sum up Abe Kim? What's your elevator pitch on who you are? Where you come from? Oh, geez. All mm-hmm. I can say is, uh, hi, I'm Abraham Kim. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Uh, I am trying to figure out life, but I will definitely try to be a good friend to you if you let me, uh, if you give me the chance. So Yes. And if you are Abe's friend, everybody out there knows can vouch like he's an amazing friend and a person to like just shoot the shit with, mm. but also just talk about incredibly deep things, which you and I do a lot. Like mm. I just kind of go there. I'm like, Abe, what are your thoughts on blah, blah, blah. And we've just said like, hello, five seconds ago. Abe! <laughs> What's up? Yo, have you been going to church? Like, right. <laughs> Tell me how you feel. How do you feel? Like, that's also me, but that's also you, and that's why yeah. we vibe. Um, so, yeah, our topic this week, we wanted to basically figure out how to approach this large topic of spirituality and in that, you know, religion, organized religion, um, because there's a lot there mm-hmm. and things Absolutely. I've alluded to in different parts. Yes. But, um I guess to start things off, maybe we can just share like what your experience has been or like what context we're approaching this subject in. Uh, I think I, so uh, I, I was born into a pastor's family, so I'm a preacher's kid. PK. And, yeah, PK. So I'm sure many of your listeners know we uh, tend to end up pretty jacked up for whatever reason. We don't have to go too deep into that. Can we though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I had a version of a God or the God, according to my parents. And so in my formation, uh, it was in hindsight is very distorted. And, um, I had to adapt to my parents, uh, survival guide, uh, mm-hmm. more than I, I think religion or specifically spirituality. So, uh, in my quest to find out if there is an absolute truth, uh, it's quite a journey where I, I did, end up at, uh, I know another PK at a seminary, um, but my time at Talbot, uh, school of theology allowed me to investigate myself, um, and maybe my relationship with the God or a God mm-hmm. and the result, uh, ended up, it, it just landed me in a place where I'm more confused, mm-hmm. but yet more open. So, um, that's a silver lining, right? Yeah. 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 Because it's a lot. And it depends on what day you're, like, talking about it. Right. One day it'll be like, no, I'm cool with where I am. And I'm yeah. confused and there are questions, but I'm good. There's some days, like, personally for me, I feel, like, more conflicted, confused. Yeah. Like, why? How? When? And I think that's, in, in the purest form, the the uh, definition of spirituality, where it's not about, you know, I figured it out. Right. It's, it's the journey. It's definitely the journey. The process. And, yes. And yeah. so to submit to that, I think, um, is the ongoing challenge and 
where I kind of want to just exist in. Yeah, like you're cool with that. I I am now, present day, whereas before it was more, uh, you know, moralism mm -hmm. and, and legalism. And so I definitely, uh, just to get in there, man, I mean, to give you an example, there's a point where I, I was in a Bible college. Uh, like you went all in. I went all in. I was like yeah. the Marines of Christianity. <laughs> oh, like, dang. Yeah, yeah. Put me in the front line. I will preach. I will die for this thing, this this gospel message. And uh, I found myself one night during, as a Bible college student, I got drunk. Mm -hmm. And I was in my room hating myself for it because I sinned. Yeah. And so I ended up uh, literally uh, physically punching myself in the face mm -hmm. because of the guilt and shame because um, I was a bad Christian. Yeah, you're like the fallen one. Yeah, for drinking. And that's when I realized, because the next morning I'm thinking I'm, I'm okay and I see some people and they're like, did you get in a fight? And I was like, man, it was that bad where um, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. But I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Not with me. Yes, with me, but how I viewed uh, Christianity and right. spirituality and God and, and the theology of sin and even like the, the gospel message. Thing. Yeah. 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 I think I had it twisted because that, that is not, you're not supposed to hurt yourself like that. Right. And so. Well, then something good. It's like, ironically, like this thing that you're recognizing, if you have the ability to recognize, like, this is supposed to be something good and pure and something uplifting and full of grace and love, but it's this is what's manifesting out of it. Yeah. Something's not right. Something's I, I mean, off. That's good. Yeah. I mean, like, not that it was bad, but it's good that you can see that. No, absolutely. Yeah, feel that, uh, recognize that. A lot of things, uh, I think, you know, just on the road, on this road of life, uh, the hurt is a good, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately. Right. But in the bigger picture, fortunately, and yeah, I completely agree that I needed that time, though it hurt and it was dark. And I'll have, you know, future seasons uh, similar to that, uh, just trusting the process. Right. Man, see, you guys, this is why. <laughs> well, it's and the reason, like, so you and I have talked a lot about that because, you know, you have this, you, you dove all in. And, like, my, my background is that once upon a time I was very much in the same boat in terms of, like, Maybe not theology school, but I grew up in a Baptist Christian Korean oh, church. Oh, man, give me some Baptist, man. You know? All right. World mission. Uh -huh. Oh, I don't even want to I'm going to delete that out. I don't want to <laughs> But I grew up in a Baptist church, and, like, I was born into that. My, my, my father's side of the family was very religious in terms of Christianity. My mom's side was actually a mix of Catholicism and Buddhism. Got it. And it's crazy. It's like interesting. Like those things weren't even in my consciousness until much, much later in life. Yeah. Um, but that's all I knew, right? You just know what you know, what right. you know, because that's like your home. These are your parents. This is the place you go to every Sunday. These are your friends. This is your Bible study group. Like this is how it works, it's, right? It's the roadmap you've been given. Right. Yeah. And so like it's taken me a lot of years now to unpackage a lot of that because I went through this journey of being like a super hardcore Christian. I do believe in God. I do believe in purpose and I do believe in the things that I was taught in church. Yeah. But like the reason why you and I've had these really great conversations, I felt so like relieved and like, I was like, oh, I can talk to somebody. Like you and Prisca have been incredible friends to not just have fun with because we go to events and stuff and we're both into art and music and sharing like life and celebrating, but also to talk about really deep things that drive mm -hmm. all of that, right? Like mm -hmm. why the sense of purpose that we have or like why are we here? And then also how do we go about fulfilling that purpose? You know, all that has been for both of us really influenced by church yeah, absolutely. and by this roadmap that we inherited and like figuring out, do we align with it or do we not? Where does it, where's their value? Cause that's what I've been f trying to figure out. Like, because the rest of my family still is very religious and I'm guessing your family yes, is very religious, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, how's that? Like, I guess when you're younger, what, do you remember a time? Like, did you ever question anything or were you just like, it was, it's just fact. Like, uh, I did question, but I, I have to say that I did experience something supernatural, uh, fourth grade, where I, in my heart and mind, I believe I had an encounter with this Jesus being. Okay. Yeah, which is super intense, 
but I had a conversation with him um, and I said, if, if you are real, make me feel something, please. And I think it was uh, because even at the age of eight, a fourth grader, being a PK and, and, and feeling the, the pressure and the stress, knowing how uh, synthetic I had to be. Because mm-hmm. I had to put up front, I had to, you know, um, present myself as a perfect being. Because you're the playing that role. Yeah. You're the pastor's son. So to give uh, another example uh, is the way my dad would punish me or discipline me. Um, he would take me into the room, his room, you know, like, get on your knees, mm-hmm. throw your hands up, no doubt. And, the line, <laughs> and keep them there. Yeah, keep them there. And the line of questioning was this it, during the discipline was... Uh, you know, how do you think God views you right now for doing this? Really? And then second is, how do you think church members will think of me as a pastor if they found out you did this? Oh, damn. And then the last one was, how do you think people will think of you? And so with that kind of stress, I think I needed something real because I, yeah, even at that young age, I felt trapped and I just wanted to break free. And if I could find something, someone that can say, hey, I'm here and I'll make you feel uh, loved and seen mm-hmm. was my plea. And, and you know, was that a, of course, was that a retreat? Where else can of you, course. Where else are you going to find Jesus, man? Obviously in the woods. Yeah, when the you're higher like, you go, the higher you go. When you're, when you're out with the stars and in nature. Exactly. And that's where... Uh, Again, did I find him or did he find me? It was in an exchange. And not to say life was perfect after that, but I felt a presence and I felt comforted. And also, in, in like any relationship, I felt uncomfortable, but it, it was and is still real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, I mean, for actually, just sidebar because I, for anyone who's listening and does is not familiar with like certain some Christian churches who do these like going on retreats is a church activity where either the whole church can do that as a like everybody from parents to children and everyone in between um, to just sometimes like a youth retreat. It'll just be for like the the teenagers will go off and do their own. It's like a camping trip. It's basically just a time to get out of wherever geographical location you guys usually meet. A lot of places are very kind of like either suburban or like urban areas. You kind of go out to nature. You like get one with God and you kind of commune with, with, with the trees and the air and light and just kind of like get there to find sanctuary and pray. Yeah. So just sidebar for anyone who doesn't get the the retreat joke. I mean, that's the, that's also the other thing too that I'm recognizing in like our specific journeys. Like I went through my whole life with that singular truth, um, figuring out all the ways, like reading the Bible and figuring out the supplementary facts and stories that prove, you know, in my mind as a child and an adolescent prove that this is the truth and that I receive and accept as like absolute truth. And then really being ignorant to the rest of the world or like the other yeah. religions out there, the other walks of life and the other beliefs. Like theoretically I knew that they existed because I know there's Christianity and I know that there's Catholics and Buddhists and like whatever. But I personally had very, like whatever I, f- I found in like movies or like I read in a book, like kind of superficially, that was the entirety of my knowledge of other faiths. So I'm curious, like, did you, in your seeking of this, like, it's funny now as an adult, it's a different thing. Like mm-hmm. you get to seek truth by understanding a wider net of information and defining like where you stand. But again, when we are, you're young, like, did you have awareness of other religions? Did you uh, have other? Absolutely faiths? not. Yeah. Just like you, uh, I was trained to believe that, uh, it was either right or wrong. Right. So Christianity was right. Everything else was wrong. wrong. Yeah. And so I, uh, definitely in my ignorance, shut a lot of people down and, uh, which is interesting. The irony is that, you know, this Jesus person preached <laughs> like and, and taught love. But uh, if you look at so-called Christianity today, uh, unfortunately, it's very isolated where now I found myself uh, just hanging out with people uh, that are exactly like me. Right. And there's no growth there. 
Right. Um, but yeah, there's some growth, but I feel like it's it's a very specific kind of growth within. Yeah. Kind of like these these confines. You can't. No one can see my physical what I'm doing with my arms. But you're kind of just like in this lane, right? Yeah. And then in that, you can grow maybe like vertically in that sure, lane. Yeah. But you're not going to kind of grow out, and you're not going to. It's going to be kind of. To sound judgmental, but it's it's very ill informed. Like you're 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 operating in like this vacuum yeah. of like this is all I know and it's all I believe, and then th- therefore it's true. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's very limited. It's limited, and so. But some people like that, right? They like, do. They're they're comfortable there. Yeah. You know, you again, it's survival. Um, once they are convinced that it is concrete. You can't shake them, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and harsh example. And, and I, I don't call myself a Christian because I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. But even the KKK call themselves Christians. So if you try to shake them like it, it for whatever reason, at the core that they believe that it is true uh, and you can't shake that. Uh, it will make them so uncomfortable, uh, open them, them up so, so much that uh it would just shake them. Yeah. And so I think survival is just uh, in any, uh, you know, reaction to uh, what makes you uncomfortable. Uh, the way to survive is to say, you know what, I'm right and, and you're wrong. It's like double down. Yeah. 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 There's no room for like, oh, I might be wrong. Yeah. But the funny thing is I've had arguments with certain religious, not arguments, but like debates when I question that. Like saying, okay, don't you feel like there's a limitation, right? I'll kind of pose that that concept like okay you you're only like you're not broadening your horizon whatever the cliche term right, is right. right but they're like if this is if this is what i believe is the truth i'm still struggling within that even if they're within the confines they're saying i'm still growing as a christian that is hard it's not easy that's mm-hmm. that'll be their rebuttal that like me believing in god and jesus is hard so it doesn't mean that i'm not like struggling i'm just not struggling the same way you are but then, yeah, it gets, it gets, and so. Yeah, it's, see, there's, it's very complex, no doubt. It's very complex. And so for me, I'm just curious. So like you, you went through this like thing. I, I believe you had your Jesus moment. I believe, like, I believe in signs. I believe in spirituality. I believe in spirits. Again, in what infrastructure that operates, right. I don't know. Right, right. That's my thing. But like when you went through all that and then you, like, what led you to go to theology school? Like what led you to. Was it a lot like because of your dad that he tried to like get you to do that or? Uh, at the time I made my decision, I was at a point where I needed to know if there there was a God. Mm. And the way that I got introduced to it was uh, Talbot has a program is spiritual formation and soul care. So a lot to your listeners that may not be too familiar with theology and, and the degrees that they offer. Uh, Basically, uh, there's a um, MDiv, like Masters of Divinity, where uh, usually um, you go the pastoral route. You become a pastor. I didn't want to do that. I knew for sure, like, I'm not that one guy on stage telling people how to live. Yeah. Uh, but the, the spiritual formation and soul care side was, okay, we are on this journey. We're traveling. Um being sanctified. Sorry to use all these. I don't mean to. Don't just, be sorry. I want to understand. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, the sanctification period, like it's hard. There are dark days. Uh, you know, there's all these Bible verses that people spit out and just basically to, uh, simplify like, Oh, find joy. If you have God, you should be happy all the time. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's a tall order. That's, that's just straight up bullshit. Um, <laughs> And so I was struggling with that and, and wanting to investigate, okay, if there is a God, uh, who is he to me and, and what am I to him? And, and that's where it becomes an identity thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Because um, a lot of the narrative is around like God in the Christianity is like he is the father the yes. whole, and, you know, our spiritual father and we are the children. And like to me, being in my 30s now... And reflecting on like that narrative, kind of not even just in my own personal life, but how I've seen that play out in friends and peers. It's 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 beautiful and very symbolic and meaningful, um, and it gives a lot of reverence, you know. And it creates. This is I, I see the beauty, and I see it also opens up like for a lot of 
messed up, unintentional, subliminal factors and like how you approach your actual parents, how you approach yourself and then how you approach yourself as, because if you're a child of somebody, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. those, those are very different relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, like absolutely. being the child of actual physical parents yeah. who are also human and then being a spiritual child of God, it's, it's that alone creates a lot of like, what, what, how do I process that? Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, yes, the quest to find if, again, is there something bigger than me? And on that journey, what you're uh, talking about is there's this attachment theory where now, because, yeah, God the Father. So when we immediately hear Father, we, uh, like it or not, psychologically, I think we're designed to just attach to whatever uh, title and role that we know. Of course. So a lot like, of people, what are you going to do? Right. You know, yeah. we can't, Think of the Father. Oh, yeah. Mr. Whatever, my third grade teacher. You're not going to think of that person. You're going to think of your father. <laughs> right. And so the same goes with God. And, and um, I had a very difficult time separating God the Father and my dad because I didn't realize it until, you know, getting to therapy and, and spiritual direction myself is that I viewed God uh, exactly like my dad. Mm. Like this uh, very angry, uh, you know, depressed. Um, I knew that he loved me. I'm talking about my dad, but mm. I didn't know if he liked me. Mm. You know, it's just that uh, relational dynamic and now chasing that with God and wanting just approval. Right. You know, always chasing, mm-hmm. always chasing. And so, you know, uh, during my time at, at uh, in seminary, it, it slowly started to separate. I, I still, again, it's not something to figure out, but there is, I can see two sides, different sides now, at least. And um, that is something, that's a habit to break. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's very hard though, um, no doubt, but it's possible. I mean, and then like, so my dad, cause my, and what I can kind of com- compare, like relate or not is my dad was never a pastor like again i think that specifically you're saying like pastor kids are like jacked up and i've had a lot of pk friends and that are jacked up that are that are they're conflicted and i'm like i'm hella conflicted and my dad was never a pastor level and i think that would definitely impact and like you're the head of the whole freaking church yeah my dad but my dad um was a really respected person in the church and he was a bible study leader and he was kind of somebody that didn't seek out leadership but it kind of came to him and they would turn to him and be like, oh, Mr. Chang, like, do X, Y, Z. And so in that way, I, like, really looked up to my dad. But I, as his daughter and as a human, like, I was very aware of my dad's flaws, too. And that's something hard to reconcile when you, like, see how much everybody else respects your dad. Right. And I'm like, you don't even know how he talks to us at home. Yeah. And, like, or they could kind of sense that because he was never, like, a super, like, flowery guy. He was always kind of a tough guy. But it it's that created conflict in me. And then my dad's, like... You know, he's the one that's bringing our whole family to church. And, like, I inherited that religion from my dad and from my grandma. And, like, feeling really, like, like the hypocrisy, right? The yeah. hypocrisy and the 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 unfair condemnation and, like, judgment just felt that much worse. Because it's, like, to, for me, that, like, so you're this, like, respected person. And you are, like, to the church people, he's great. But I was, like, isn't, like, God's message to, like, be love and to love your family, to love your wife and, like, blah, blah, blah. And in a lot of ways, I still think my dad did the absolute best that he could. I love and respect him. But that took years. And, like, I still think I would like to go to therapy to, like, figure out, like, all this anger that saddened me because of that. And that I'm still dealing with that. I've talked with Paul on, like, another episode. A lot of that comes from church. A lot of that comes from this double, to me, it seemed like a double standard or like a double identity of like your church self versus like your true self, quote yeah. unquote, behind closed doors. I remember you and I talked about that a little bit. Yeah. And we talked about anger. I mean, how are you feeling about those things? Like, are you better with your dad now? Because you mentioned like yeah, you're seeing him and differentiating. As he's, as we are both getting older, yeah. there is, um, uh, maybe a more natural uh, openness to forgive each other. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I think, uh, again, like like you mentioned, uh, the versions of my dad that I would receive at, at church and then versus home was very confusing. Um, but I, I agree with you, with your father. And just to point out, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to say that PKs are like super unique, but I know there are situations uh, not unlike mine. I know we can all relate when religion is involved. Um, and, and so it's just intensified. Like, I think it's totally valid to say that. Like if I was like the child of someone who's in charge of the whole congregation of people, I think it's fair to say like that is a unique experience and like, yeah. And then, but where I connect with you is yes, you know, you're, you're existing in this life as a kid, and and obviously we look up to our parents. It's just a, a natural way of doing it uh, in formation uh, as a kid uh, growing up. My dad would uh, we would so we would try to eat around three p.m. lunch, okay, or, or dinner, whatever the hell it is at three p.m. three or four at, in restaurants because he's trying to avoid people. Okay, so it, the church was big enough where he would get recognized. And, you know, he, he just wanted some privacy. If we ran into somebody, I would say 100% of the time at, at restaurants, they would pay for it. Oh. You know, there, there was that, you know, service. Um, to, like, be kind and honor yeah, the pastor. Yeah, honor the pastor. Yeah. And, and just so much respect and, and being called to pray for, you know. If someone would get a new car, they would drive to, my, to our house so that my dad can over the car wow i mean stuff like that it was just um religiosity yeah yeah that's a lot uh i never did deal with that but then uh again realizing as an introvert but i didn't know at the time my dad is an introvert but at home he just wanted to shut down but i didn't understand that anymore so i wanted to be with my dad and and hang out with him yeah because you're a kid the mental image of of my dad at home when he was at the peak of his ministry is just a closed door Mm. i had no connection with him he just wanted to be alone but it pissed me off and then again we go to church and i saw smiles um but as it started to it meaning uh, my reputation as well as a PK, becoming you know a youth group uh, president, worship leader. Of course you were. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had a choice, but yet I didn't. <laughs> uh, I used to uh, I used to smoke in high school, but I had two separate lives. Uh, you know, my friends knew that I needed to hide and cover, so. You know, they would smoke in the public. They didn't care. But when I was in the group, they knew that we would have to find a little crack in the corner to hide and smoke. And uh, I can easily um, control my my mouth, meaning in in cussing, too. Going to church, uh, just clean outside. Rated G. I'll be like, I'll say it right now, fuck this, fuck that, you know, and and. But you're a Disney Channel, like. Yeah, and when but you're in church. Going to your point, psychologically, uh, and living in authenticity, like. Yeah. Where is my true self? Yeah. You know, and I was just confused, and that's where I think, um, I was just depressed because I wasn't free to be, who I wanted to be, and. I didn't even know it at the time. That's the thing. I just played these double roles that I was trained and taught and formed to do. And now um, maybe being a little bit more aware, um, it it goes on with more than just spirituality, just as a human being, like what is my true self? Because I think it can go to anything, uh, job description, even creativity where – where your art form or your craft becomes so much bigger than you, mm-hmm. not in the separation, meaning identity wise, where like if I, I was at a point where I, I just, it was Abe the drummer, mm-hmm. but it became like drummer the Abe, you know what I mean? So everything was based around that. If I had a poor performance, I was so hard on myself, meaning I suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't even as, I, I as suck. a human. Yeah, it wasn't even, yeah, I, I Abe suck. Abe in a totality. Drummer. Is a failure. Yeah, like I just, I'm a, 
I'm a failure. Yeah. I suck as a person, but yeah. uh, learning to uh, love myself and then forgiving myself and then separating. Okay, there are things that I do uh, that, that doesn't mean that that's who I am. Yes. So in a sense, the art is bigger than the art is. Um, it's what I do. It's not who I am. And, and living by that code... Uh, has freed me up. Um, I mean, you know, we still have to battle insecurities. And, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that double life, though, I've, like, understood that so thoroughly. Mm. And um, even currently, I'm, like, still figuring out how that's... Like, I thought, at, in a way, and it, as survival. And realist, like, factually, I think I did. Like, when I was dating a really bad guy from when I was 14 to 19... I was absolutely living a double life. I was lying. I was like this cookie cutter, goody two shoe girl going to school, getting straight A's, and then like doing all sorts of things that I'm not proud of and that like hurt me to remember for five years. And it like ended pretty badly, like pretty horrifically. And having to reconcile that like who am I really because I felt like I was both of those things I was a good person and I was helpful and I was smiley and I was social and um accomplished in a lot of ways and on the other side I had a lot of vices I have a lot of secrets I had a lot of things that um I felt like a good Christian girl it was a complete opposite of and I it was weird because during those years were the the height the peak of my my super religiosity that's when I was like doing quiet time every day and like I was totally aspiring to become praise leader and it just all kind of like stuns me when I look back on it to what my mindset was and I don't beat myself up for it anymore thank god right like I I look at myself with more compassion like I was a kid going through some really dark things and trying to figure it out and I I do appreciate that religion was there for me at that time so that gave me some sense of hope yeah but on the other side, the reality of it is gave me a lot of hope. It gave me something to like pray for to, you know, something to study. I appreciate the Bible very much, but at the same time, it very much was kind of like what kept me in this really, and I'm not saying the blame. It's just kind of like to observe it. Like it really kept me in this dark place too. Hmm. Like the, there are things in the Bible that my ex used against me, like mm, that, saying uh, that like about sex, about morality, about who I was. And like, it's, that's, that's on him too, to like be somebody that would manipulate the word of God in order to keep me in my place, quote right. unquote. But I also see that that has been done very much like maybe on not such a, intense scale but it's very pervasive in church it very much reinforces like very gender specific roles and i don't think there's anything like blanket wrong with that but there's a lot of problematic things that are very unchecked you know what i mean and it's hard to even talk about that stuff because you can't question the church you can't because then if you're questioning that one thing you're questioning everything yeah and there are a lot of people who have a big problem with that you know what I mean? They're like, shut your mouth and stay by the rules. There's nothing wrong with the rules. There's wrong something wrong with you. Right. Because you can't keep yourself pure. You right. can't, like, save yourself to marriage. You can't, like... I mean, but, like, where does that end? You know what I mean? Like, mm. I've heard so many stories from me sharing my story about how many occurrences of abuse have happened within churches. And I know no one's, like, promoting that. They're not, like, trying to get people to be abusive. But it, it creates an environment where... That power dynamic and those, you know, those relationships can flourish. And then also I've heard so many stories about not just abuse, like sexual abuse, but also just like between generations, like it's not a compassionate, loving, nurturing place. It's a very condemning, judgmental place and suicidal things are happening. Like kids are getting bullied. There's adultery happening. I've, I've known of churches, including like ones that I used to be part of where they're like laundering money through it. Yeah. Extreme cases. There was like people and, and everyone can blame that. Like the blanket response I and mean, me going off about this, like what I had bottled up for a very long time. And it feels very kind of liberating and scary that I'm talking about this on air. But like, I've had a lot of issues and a lot of like anger about that. So I'm saying like, I see the good in church and I'll always kind of be grateful for a lot of things that I learned to this day. I'm very grateful that I got to learn about how to approach right and wrong, how to respect X, Y, Z, how to honor X, Y, Z, how to show love and compassion. And 
there's a lot of shit that I think has gone grossly unchecked that people don't take responsibility for. And for the sake of saving face and for like maintaining and upholding rules that to me, like all like stuff about even like gay marriage, things like that. To me, it seems very hypocritical, and we got to look at that. We got to at least talk about it. Yeah. But there's like no discussion because like you can't question the church. Yeah. You can't condemn the church. You can't do that because all of it is that's unfounded, and you're just the wrong fallen child, or you're the one that has so separated yourself from God that that's why that's what it is to you. Yeah. You know, what I, mean? I don't know. I don't know if I made any coherent sense, but no, you did absolutely made uh, a whole lot of sense. I think. I completely agree we need to have a, a dialogue, I think, because um, I feel you had a, you hit a lot of points um, uh, that resonates with me. Um, to be quite honest, I don't believe in the system right now when it comes to specifically Korean American churches. Oh, that's a whole other, yeah. yeah, that's a whole other subcategory of stuff <laughs> because we we're including ourselves in it mm-hmm. ourselves meaning yeah why do why is the church messed up because there's, there's human beings in there right exactly and so i think when it comes to and i have to watch myself where i can't say that it roots from what's bigger than me mm-hmm. uh specifically god um I'm just going to leave it at that because the example that I can give is, you know, even with the entertainment industry and and all the the crap that's going on right now uh, and everything that's being exposed. We can't say, oh, well, film, the film industry, the entertainment industry itself is bad. It was just certain bad people that gave it a bad name. And and that I think it's going to be very hard to um, unpack, to look through, to investigate. Mm hmm. Uh, but I completely agree. We have to talk about it. And with the Korean American church and, and our culture is saving face. Yeah. We'll never call out a pastor. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Why? Number one, they're older than you. You yeah. never call out. Period. Yeah. yeah. It's older than, the, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, There's so it's many very beers. unhealthy. Yeah, I agree. It's very unhealthy. Um, but I think even the discussion that you and I are having, I believe will assist in in opening things up that is a hope right because faith is not based on people it's it's that relationship with something bigger than you but right now we need to talk about ourselves yeah uh because we keep referring it to faith and god but i think we're just ignoring um what's really in us yeah and darkness is not a bad thing in in my opinion i'm i don't mean to preach anything right now it's just um, talking about what's hurting, what's uh, dealing with pain, and even you sharing, like, dude, I, I was in a relationship and it sucked. It, the the guy used uh, the Bible, and I'm sorry you had to go through that because I know what that feels like. It's some man or some woman, some person telling you that they know more than you, mm-hmm. that they, they possess this authority over you while using the Bible. That is so harmful. That's the shit that you remember. Mm-hmm. And that's the shit that you, uh, you know, naturally attach to God. Right. Because, oh, it's the Bible. It's just there. It's like, this is bigger than me, but this person is, is saying it. Like, is it true? Even for you to wonder that. Yeah. Wow, man. To put you in that like position is... And, and, and you know, uh, it's going on. Yeah, no doubt. It's continuing. Um I do serve at a church, but I got to the point where I needed to set boundaries. Right. Uh, where I, I am a... Uh, these titles, I don't know. I'm supposed to be a music director and a spiritual director. Whatever that means. I just want to be part of a community. But uh, I you know, requested that before I take this position, I don't want to get into any meetings. I don't want to talk to... Uh, like mean, Meaning like... a. a meeting with pastors and staff like kind of like the politics of the church yeah because yeah, yeah. when the politics spring up and it will that's where uh for me personally things will uh it will trigger uh, the past and i can't say it will always be righteous anger but um i'm very protective of what i believe in um and i just don't want to i'm not ready to be part of that but yeah. i think it's okay 
Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I respect that, and I think that fun, it's a funny thing about when you say boundaries. Like when we think about boundaries and we think about relationships, we we give that word a lot of. Currently, we give that word a lot of respect, and it's something healthy, and it's something that's necessary. Like boundaries of like this is where I stand. This is where you can approach me physically, emotionally, psychologically when it's between people. I think funnily with religion, when I think of the word boundaries in the context of religion, I think of boundaries that are put in place by the institution yeah. and by the higher power. I don't think and in that way, to me, again, it's just my opinion. The feeling that I get from that is the boundaries are there to serve as a safety, you know, as a safety. But when I think of boundaries in terms of religion, where I'm at right now, I think of them as like, it's, it, it is to inhibit you and to limit you. And like, I hope that I come to a place, I think I'm getting there, but I hope I come to a place where I don't think of it so negatively. Um, because there's a reason why boundaries need to exist. You, you want guidelines. You want like bumpers so that you don't go too far off the deep end. And I know what it's like to go off a deep end and mm. like, you know, almost not come back. And it's it's scary. And I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't wish that on friends or anybody or my kids or anyone like that. But I also see the value of like questioning things and 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 approaching boundaries. Sometimes breaking rules. Yeah. Sometimes like you know. You got to figure that out for yourself and hopefully you're given examples and people around you, faith, all these different things that can help you navigate that without destroying yourself or destroying other people. Right. And I think religions ultimately is, that is the goal. That's what, that, you know, people are, are putting their trust in it and their faith in religious institutions because they, they seek guidance. Yeah. They seek structure and some sort of roadmap. Roadmaps are great, yeah, you know? Yeah, they're great, no doubt. Um, but inherently, when we inherit them without, like, as children, sometimes it's going to get misinterpreted. Um, I don't, I don't beat myself up for not feeling like I identify as a Christian. I used to, I used to be filled with a lot of guilt. Like I, I had you. betrayed who I am and I betrayed my family, I hear you. but currently I'm like, okay with that because I'm being honest. Like, I'm just like, if I say that I'm a Christian, I don't feel like it might be partially true. Cause I still believe in God and I still think Jesus is amazing. Um, but it doesn't feel a hundred percent right. So then I don't want to like call myself something that I am not fully. And I think I'm just saying, I want to have this conversation so we could kind of go through the good, bad and the ugly, because I imagine that there's a lot of people out there who are somewhere in that spectrum and not feeling perfectly against or perfectly for, you know, I think a lot of us are in that middle space of like, I grew up with this. I still love it. I appreciate this. I hate that. Yeah. I hate myself for this. I hate that person for that. I'm traumatized by this. I, like, you know, and, and and it's just, again, having the dialogue, right. having the conversation is maybe going to spark some new train of thought or new resolution. No, I believe that. I think, uh, yeah, you're right. There's so many people that exist in this space and time where they want more, but the trauma is uh, big enough where they'll, It'll prevent them from actually truly engaging. And for the listeners, your listeners that are out there, I just want to say hang in there, man. Like, no, seriously, it's if you're listening to this feeling like shit or, you know, wondering and uh, just on a search, like uh, uh, just just hang in there. I know something will break because you're thinking about it. You know, you're searching. And so it's it's not about, again, the right or wrong. But I do hope that, um, you know, as you embrace the pain and, and trauma, um, you eventually will love yourself in it. And then that's where the peace, I believe, will come mm-hmm. um, to the authentic relationship that I think you, as, you know, talking to whoever. Yeah. Um are pursuing you know so yeah for real and also with ourselves right i mean that's that whole self-care thing and i talked to you about that like one of my last podcast episodes was about i am enough and i definitely thought about god i thought about church in my upbringing of like that concept like oh you're a child of god so you're loved and then i feel like when I was younger, the message was like, that should be enough. Like if you're a child of God, but I'm also like, no, but I also want to feel like I'm enough for me. Yeah. And so there's a lot of questions in that and people are searching. Um, I think a lot of things in our current society are creating 
dilemmas and different messages that make us question. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things I want to talk about with dating and with all the and relationships, a lot, um, my questions with religion about, um, not just like righteousness, but yeah, related to that, like about sex and about cursing and about drinking and smoking. A lot of these these rules that were very much like you may not break these lest you want to be like a heathen right. and like be excommunicated from heaven into yeah. the depths of hell kind of thing. Again, Baptist gnashing of teeth. Yeah, like you you basically are Satan's BFF now that you have had that shot of <laughs> Hennessy. How dare you? Yeah, how dare you? Um, and I want like well, and and Abe, I hope you will come back to talk about that because yeah i would love to there's an ongoing discussion and i just appreciate your your ability to articulate your thoughts and like what you've had to struggle with because a it's hard to be vulnerable about those things and b it takes a lot to even get there to like Mm. know that about yourself so like yeah as your friend i just like i applaud you and i thank you likewise minji thank you because i think it's really dope and um I, I genuinely was like, I, since I started this podcast, I wanted to talk about church and religion. Yeah. I'm at episode, like, what is this, like, 42 or something like that? And I was like, when am I going to be able to talk about this? Like, and then I, and the reason I, like, flinched too, I, like, procrastinated because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say something messed up. I'm going to say something I don't mean. That's real, too. Like, that yeah, fear of even talking about it. Yeah, it was, it was at the right time. We're exactly where we're supposed to be talking about this. I, I hear you. Like, I know we're just... <sighs> Even saying scratching the surface is not uh, <laughs> enough to explain uh, the depths of this, mm-hmm. um, because we're, we're talking about human soul, yeah, you know, and faith, and so um, no doubt, like I'm, I believe that this this was a an arranged time. That's just the way I live, and forty four episodes in, or it's just exactly where we're supposed to be, you know. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, yeah, you, you give a lot of good advice to our listeners and uh, my request for others out there, whether you're religious or not, if this has sparked any uh, curiosity. I, I think uh, that's something I'm really learning at this point is to be more curious mm. and open because I think the way I've practiced whatever it is that I've thought I believed at the time was more like it was more like defining, which is good too. But like I think I defined like where I am and what I thought and what I believed, and I took that as like that's fact, that's truth, and it didn't leave me open. It didn't leave me curious. It left me like, well, that's that. There you go. Yeah. You know. And I think um, the main thing I'm learning now in like going on this spiritual journey, like I'm totally doing the meditating. I'm doing like looking to law of attraction. And I think there's a lot of like coinciding parallel things. Just be open and curious. And I think um, if anything, even if you're a Christian, especially if you're a Christian, like that being open and curious and loving to other people, welcoming them, making space for others is something that we could all do to be more reflective of like whatever higher power. Like I think all higher power belief is to create a better world of more order and love and peace and kindness. Absolutely. So live it. You know what I mean? I think that's what I, I'd rather live it. I don't know how to define it right now, but I'm trying to just figure out my little piecemeal ways to live it. Yeah. And it's hard. It's very hard. Cause I'm still angry. (laughs) But that's the whole point, right? But that's the whole Still thing. angry, yeah, yeah. But we'll figure it out. Thank you so much, Abe. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. This was so great. And uh, if people want to hear more about your thoughts on an Instagram post or something, like, where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me or just, you don't even have to follow me if you want to. I knew Abe didn't want it. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Abe's like the last person that was like, follow me on this. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm L.A. trained. Uh, <laughs> You can just take a peek or, you know, I'm, I'm open to DMs or any questions. It's uh, zero Abraham Kim zero. So it's the number zero Abraham Kim, the number zero. And also my band is at former faces, uh, both Instagram accounts. Um, I hope to hear from you and, you know, yeah. Talk it out. Yeah, talk it out. You'd be so fortunate. So, I, yeah, if you're opening that door, I think people who walk through it, be, it'd be great. Also, we barely even talked about it. Abe is, like, one of the most amazing musicians, and he produces, and, like, I don't know, 
Abe is fire. Like, just you guys will see if you go to his Instagram. He, Abe is not like a flashy, like look at me kind of like extra AF guy. But um, he, you're, I, I don't know. Like, we'll, you'll come back. I want to talk more about your art too because I feel like a lot of what we talked about today gets channeled, and like yeah. art is an amazing way to like process all of these feelings. It's truly a deep connection and and relationship between spirituality. And creativity, at least for me. So yeah. I would definitely be open to talk about. Guys, see this guy that. drum. It is just like it's fire. And so thank you for sharing your thoughts here. Thank you for continuing to like channel into something like that people vibe with. And that's like some that's some real stuff because you don't ever have to talk about God or faith or whatever. You just feel and soul. be yeah and be, you know, be, yeah. be together. So that's dope. I love you, Abe. Thank you. Um, this is great. And um, again, congratulations to you and Prisca because I love you guys so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so great. So one of the best couples in the planet. Just trust me on this. <laughs> so um, if you enjoyed this episode of uh, First of All, this was a very deep and personal and special one to me. I say that about so many of my episodes, but this, for real, it took me 40-something episodes to get here. So please, I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you enjoyed it and uh, you feel like there's somebody who could benefit or there's something that sparks something in you, please feel free to share it. Please also um, feel free to subscribe, leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. And thank you to those who are leaving me such funny reviews on iTunes. It's been great to see. Thanks for the new patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to support me as an independent artist, as a podcaster, you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast collective which is a collective of asian american podcasters and storytellers y'all are the bomb um and thank you to martin you and my audio engineer my producer you're my podcast rock fist bump and shout out to aquafina for letting me use her song yellow ranger for the intro and outro i hope that you guys have an amazing amazing week with your loved ones um be open be curious and love yourself love yourself love yourself we love you we love Abe and I love you. We love you. Very much. Much, much love. <laughs> Alright, thanks, Abe. Oh, thank you. Stay cool, guys. Alright, bye. Bye.